Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast is Tina Williams. Tina Bowl Collegiately at West Texas A&M University. Tina Timberg and Coach K Steve Klemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. All right, Tina. Well, you bowled collegiately, so let's talk about, you know, what are some of your more memorable moments of bowling with your team? You know, me and Steve are kind of looking at your roster and looking at the ladies. Number one, do you do you still keep in touch with some of the gals you bowled with? And then what do you remember specifically about bowling in college? Absolutely. We do still all keep in touch. And we actually had a reunion a couple of years ago, which was a lot of fun. I never thought in a million years I would miss Amarillo, Texas after I left. But it was very, <laughs> it was very bittersweet when I, I actually cried the second that I got there, you know, just remembering all of those good memories. Because it is the one time where you really get to build those true friendships. Because we're not, you know, in the States, we're not like, Singapore where they get to pull together all the time you really just have those four years in college where you do get to spend all those times together and it can be challenging being with the same women every day but in the end you know no matter all the struggles and the fights that we had we still you know I think actually love each other to this day um my best wonderful memory was when we um only had five of us we had no substitutes and we didn't have a coach we um, bowled for the national championship against Wichita, and we were actually both tied for the most amount of um, national championship titles. So it was a wonderful experience. Unfortunately, we didn't win, but we did it, just the five of us, and Jeannie Franklin actually came in and helped us, helped coach us just for that week, and I look back on that so fondly and get to say, yeah, I bowled on TV. <laughs> My one claim to fame. That is cool. Now, how did how did this is at Texas A and M? How did you pick? You mentioned Amarillo there. How did you how did you pick that town and that university to to, to go to school? Yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that I bowled for um, West Texas A and M, and you know I always thought I wanted to go the furthest away that I could <laughs> for college. But in the end, when it comes down to it, you're like, you know, it would be nice to still be somewhat close to home, make it you know drivable for my mom to come and support us and visit me every once in a while. And West Texas definitely had the best program um, in the state at that time. This was pre-NCAA time. So, you know, scholarships weren't really a factor. It was about, you know, where were you going to go to go to school and bowl to win? And I felt that um, West Texas was my best opportunity. So I guess, would you say, what are the things you've taken away from your, your game in college bowling that you still have in your game now when when you're out there competing on the lanes um that you know definitely the more you practice the more perfect (laughs) it's you know when you get into real life and you can't practice every single day you definitely know the difference and i have been getting ready for the lucy and i actually have been trying to practice almost every day to try to to try to be prepared for that event um as well as you know just little things like, you know, Scroggs once told us, you know, don't ever make an adjustment off of a bad shot or, you know, just little things like that that stick with you. Now, I'm glad you mentioned the Lucy there. The, and that's the, uh, that's the Lucy Bonneau Memorial Tournament. That's just a fantastic mixed doubles tournament that Donna Connors has been running 
down there in Houston for I think it's about 18, 19 years or so now. Um, I, are you bowling with well, Stu? I guess I would would first have to ask who's your doubles partner. Are you bowling with Stu or somebody else? And then what are you doing to prepare for that tournament? I am not bowling with Stu. I kicked him to the curb after the one year we bowled together. I beat him, and he didn't even bowl well, well enough for us to make the cut. So, <laughs> no, he bowls with Brianna now, and I'm actually bowling with Zeno Garcia. We bowled together lots of times before I, I moved from Texas to Arizona. And there is no better feeling for me right now than bowling well in that event because you know, I don't even watch women's bowling sometimes because it's just, it's hard for me to know that I wanted that to be me at one point. But when women's bowling didn't exist at that time, you know, we had no choice but to get real jobs. And, you know, now I'm in a position where I have a lovely career and, you know, Sue isn't able to have health insurance and 401k. So I'm able to provide that to our family. So to me, I kind of just live vicariously through his professional bowling. But when I do get to compete for events like Lucy, there's no better feeling than competing with them and saying, yeah, even though I'm not doing it on a day-to-day basis, I can still hang. I mean, it's, it's great. So I'm trying to do my best as I can to be prepared for that event. Yeah. So Tina, so talk about that a little bit. Cause everyone, you know, every, you know, little boy or little girl as they grow up and they're a bowler and they want to, you know, they want to be out on the PBA tour. And frankly, for some of us, it's not how it's going to be. We're going to have to get a real job. We're going to bowl on the side. We may bowl those regionals event. We may bowl some of the PBA stuff, but we don't get to bowl everything that we want. Um, talk about what advice you have for them. And so you, you can't use that as a negative per se, though. You have to use it as a positive, like you're saying, to go out and do the events you can do and bowl as much as you can and, and take what you can out of bowling. Yeah, there's so few of us, such a small percentage, that can actually you know, succeed in any professional sport. I mean, look at everybody, you know, all of the players in NCAA football, only such a small percentage of them actually get to go out and make a living, get to make the NFL. And it's the same thing with bowlers. I think it's even more high on the bowling because even then you have to be able to travel like students across the world to be able to really make a good living at it. You can't just bowl on the PGA Tour. That's not enough. And so I, I think... My suggestion was try to not have your heart completely set in it and realize that there is, as much as we all love bowling and are passionate about it, that there are other ways to be fulfilled in life. But you don't have to let go of bowling completely. You could still do it on the side as much as you can. But just, you know, be realistic that we're all not Belmo, you know, that it's just not the way the world works. And and going back to your time at West Texas A&M, now when, you know, when that time was, there was a, a period there where there was some, you know, a little bit of glimpse as far as the uh, PWBA tour, and it was going to be going on for a while. Um, of course, it, it did not there. It was kind of put on hiatus for, for quite some time. So that may have, not put words in your mouth, it may have focused you a little bit more on your school, getting your the degrees that you got. And uh, why don't you just kind of tell us a little about about your academic life there and then how you've used that to create a career for yourself. Yes, so since there wasn't a professional tour, I decided to stay at West Texas for a couple more years and get my MBA. And so I have my undergrad in economics as well as a minor in accounting, and then I have an MBA with a focus in business management. And, you know, I didn't want to go out to the real world yet, but I couldn't bowl. So 
staying straight through and getting my MBA was one of the best things I ever did. I'm so thankful for that every day that, you know, you see families with their parents having to go back to school after they already have kids. And I just couldn't imagine. I already have too little time in my day to spend with my son as it is. So that definitely helped focus me on more of a career path that was unfortunately away from bowling. Yeah, and Tina, one of the other things since I've moved down to this area here, ways that you're able to give back to the community, and I'd love to get your thoughts on how more people can get involved in bowling in our sport, whether they're just finishing up their collegiate career or just beginning it, frankly. But one of the things you do is you're a USBC bronze certified coach, so you help in that way. But you also serve on the, the board at the USBC for Phoenix. So talk about that. And, you know, for me, it's one of those things, a lot of times you go to those those board meetings and they're kind of, you know, the, the youngest person in the room sort of feeling and there's there's kind of the old guard feeling but how are you know what made you and gave you the inspiration to be like you know what I'm actually gonna gonna go and I'm gonna be on the board I'm gonna try to try to bring some change and try to help you know help the future in the sport of our, our you know bowling in Phoenix yes well we all know bowlers love to complain <laughs> that's just what they nobody's ever gonna be happy ever it seems like so what are you going to do? Are you just going to complain or are you actually going to go out there and make a difference and try to do something about it? You know, I really think about, you know, you can't complain about who's been elected to office if you didn't vote. You know, it's like, but if you voted, at least you can say, then, you know, you're more entitled to being able to complain and having it. Then you actually went out there and tried to do your part to make a difference. And yeah, you are absolutely right. That um, myself and Miguel Lopez is now on our board, and we have a couple of other um, <laughs> younger than the standard, uh, you know, guard that has been on these boards um, before. And we are definitely bringing a completely different mix up to, you know, the way things have always been. That's in any organization. That's the worst thing people can say is, "Well, we do it that way because that's the way it's always been done." Well, now we can come in and, you know, reflect on and say, okay, well, this is the way it's always been done, but how can we do it better? You know, what can we do more for our bowlers uh, to help continue to grow the sport? I think that's a real healthy approach because, I mean, you, you really do have to, the bowlers in any local association or state association, they're the customer, Right. So, I mean, Absolutely. if you're if you're a business yep. and you're not focusing on the customer, I mean, there's a it, chances are you're probably going to lose them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, the USBCDs are increasing this year. So how many times have we heard, you know, what's in it for me? Why should I keep doing, you know, why should why should I certify my league? And we just want to continue to keep giving them reasons because it's a really good question. You know, people don't know exactly what all USBC provides. And I actually think National is doing a great job of giving associations talking points on, you know, how to tell their bowlers, you know, you may not see it, but this is what we're trying to do for you. It's just up to people getting more involved to help get the word out. Well, one of the other things that the USBC does that I think a lot of times you, you mentioned earlier, people are quick to complain about things, is Junior Gold. I mean, going back and reflecting on Junior Gold, would you have ever imagined in your wildest dreams that we'd have all these kids competing like they just recently did and uh, just uh, the popularity of bowling in general? And, and what advice you have, I guess, for people that maybe this year didn't go or they were on the fence and they chose not to for next year to go and it's down in Dallas? I didn't really ever I participated in that once so I don't really have that much experience with junior gold 
But yeah, it's definitely amazing hearing about how many kids are going out there to, you know, not only compete, but to get exposure, to get more experience of, you know, bowling on more difficult conditions and, you know, because they could be the best bowler in their house at, you know, wherever they're from. But then when you go out there and really see the talent and, you know, you always rise up to the next level when you're amongst your peers. Um, I think it's just a great experience and that if you haven't done it yet, they absolutely should. I personally would love to volunteer at that event one time. It's just with the nature of my job, it's hard to get out at the time because it's always in the middle of the month and it's hard for me to get out at that time. But I would love to participate in that event and just really see it firsthand. A final question I have for you, Tina. What do you? We, we do have quite a few of the younger listeners to this podcast who are in high school and maybe they either – uh, just competed at Junior Gold, or they're uh, you know looking forward to some some youth tournaments, but really trying to kind of plan out their future uh, as far as it relates to you know college and where do I go? Do I you know how do I find the right kind of material or resources or pick the right school? Should I focus on bowling? Should I focus on education? What kind of advice do you have for those younger players? Hmm, it's you know they say you don't really know who you are until you're 30, so it's it's kind of hard when you're that age to really focus on what you want. But I would say to really try to figure out what you're passionate about. I'm big on you know not waking up tomorrow having any regrets. So you know if you've thought about going to law school, but you want to bowl at the same time, it's like what's kind of more you know what's more realistic, and am I you know, going to try to go out and bowl and not make it and then realize, oh, I wish I would have, you know, gone to law school. Um, So that's really how I try to live my life is with not any really big regrets like that. And I guess that would be my, as well as, you know, what they always say, if you're going to go to bowl, if you're going to be a bowler, you have to have the work ethic. You you know, you don't get good at anything by not practicing your butt off, you know, making your spares, all of those wonderful things. Well, great stuff, Tina. I want to thank you again for joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast. Thank you very much for having me.